Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Watch No Evil. This is Burt McGigglesby, and today I'm joined by Colt Bruckenbacher to talk about the 2004 film Calvair. Burt, what'd you think of this movie? That's my name, Burt. <laughs> I thought you were going to intro it. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I, I didn't like this movie. I introduced you. You intro- I'm not the movie, though. And I- the film. Yeah, what's the movie about, though? I said it was Calvair. <laughs> that doesn't answer my question. <laughs> I said it was about 2004. <laughs> Redwood Soundwell. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Watch No Evil. This is Matt. And this is Zach. And today we're going to be talking about the 2004 film Calvaire, which is a part of the French New Extremity, a genre of film that we have talked about before with Inside. Uh, We've also discussed it kind of in passing. It is a series of films, and I think genre is so important here, about taboos, the breaking of uh, taboos, and kind of the exploitation of them in a grand and morbid scale. Calvaire specifically uh, is a part of this film and follows the the tale of Mark Stevens, a young singer who is uh, traveling home when his van breaks down uh, in the middle of an unknown and uh, vaguely French village. Vaguely Upon French. finding a uh, occupied or habitated uh, kind of a home in the middle of the woods, he befriends a. Uh, uh, a Mr. Bartell, who is a little bit uh, perturbed, as it seems, after the loss of his wife. As the film continues, Mr. Bartell, under the delusion that Mark Stevens is the returned uh, embodiment of his wife, uh, begins this uh, obsession with him that results in crucifixion and a murderous mob coming to take back what they believe is theirs. So uh, this this film belongs with the, the new French extremity genre and that it explores uh, a lot of those extreme taboos, a lot of grotesque content and material. And when watching this, Zach, I said to you, I think that this film is good. I do not like it. Nope, I what don't say think you. I don't like it either. Um, I I think it goes without saying that listener discretion is advised. Uh, This movie deals with really mature themes uh, and really extreme violence and um, other other actions. So, yeah, I I don't like this movie. I don't even know if I necessarily would agree that it's a good movie. Uh, I think that it's really gratuitous. I think it's like, I guess I can't... I'm using my a point of comparison to Inside because this is also part of the French extremity uh, horror genre. Although this is actually a Belgian film, I found out. Yeah, it's, which is France light. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's still, <laughs> it's still just like kind of in the same. Just pissed off an entire country with that it's, one. It's in the same yard, you know. It's in the same neighborhood, but also point of comparison like Hostel. You know, Hostel kind of has that, like, torture porn facade to it, mm-hmm. as we discussed in that episode. Um, goes much deeper than that. I don't think this really goes much deeper. I think there are some interesting ideas that are presented here. Mm-hmm. I don't 
know if there's a ton more than what we see on the surface of it. And, like, there are these themes that are presented of, like, loss and kind of, like, tenacity in the face of loss, but, like, kind of misplaced tenacity. Obstinacy. And I think it's misplaced because, you know, we have Bartel who whose wife runs away. And so he's kind of using uh, Mark as the surrogate. And we also get Boris, whose dog is missing when he ends up using this cow as a surrogate and you know we have this whole town of men that's that seems to have been obsessed with gloria um bartel's wife and then like mm -hmm. the, that's kind of like the turn of it it's like you kind of see these villagers as being like coming to mark's rescue towards the end but then like they're all also delusional and I they're think not there to rescue him Right, they're not, but that's that's like the impression that you get when you're watching it, right? Is that oh, like, oh, they, I they come in, fully. they come in guns blazing, like, hey, we need to like help this guy because no, what are you talking about? Well, there's the older, older. If you're gonna, if you're gonna try and like rescue someone, you don't indiscriminately fire into the house where they're sitting and occupied. Well, they shot Boris in the back, like through the window. So I, I think that that was like kind of- I think that that was a, I think that was a crime of coincidence. I do not believe that that was an intentional move. But they clearly didn't want to kill Mark. I don't think they cared. I think they did because the, the one, like the older guy who was kind of like leading all the villagers, like, you know, at the very end, sorry, we're jumping to the end at the beginning here, but um, like he's, sinking in that marsh and he's like just tell me that you love me you know and it's clear like he had feelings for gloria so i don't think that was like he didn't care oh i think that's delusion i think well, that they're there to <laughs> i think that they're there to, I, I i don't think that they have the intention of necessarily rescuing mark unless your idea of rescue is just another pig pen to put him in. They're not there to rescue Mark. They're there to rescue Gloria. I don't think they're there to rescue Gloria either. I and I think that the I think that the the scene where he pushes Mark onto the kitchen table is indicative of that. Yeah. yeah. No. No. I, I I realize I'm contradicting myself here. I shouldn't use the word rescue. They want for themselves. Yeah. They want to take Gloria. So I don't think they're there. Like I think they care about not killing Gloria slash Mark. I don't think they want like I don't I this is all to say I don't think they're shooting into the house indiscriminately. I don't think that it matters as much. Well, to me it seemed like they were coming, you know, it was the cavalry, which is the name of this movie, coming in to save Mark because like from that moment it kind of seems like the villagers have this idea of what Bartel is doing to Mark like they even say pretty explicitly or the, the older guy, I, I don't even know if they give him a name, it says pretty explicitly, like, how do you even know that's your wife to Bartel mm -hmm. in that really weird, tense bar scene? So, I don't know. It, 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 like I said, it presents these themes, this theme of, like, mm -hmm. performance and this bond between that Bartel feels between him and Mark and, his, and Gloria uh, as they're all performers. Um, and it's, I don't know. It, I just don't think any of it really comes together in a meaningful way. So I, I, I respect that opinion. I do disagree pretty much entirely. Um, <laughs> and I'll start with the fact that I think that a prime reason for the, the way that this movie is and the way that it treats itself is because we are supposed to perceive 
Mark as a feminine figure throughout the movie. Uh, because obviously th the idea of uh, Bartel putting him in the dress, calling him Gloria, uh, s s having to cut his hair to make him ugly. And he says, you know, I hate making you look ugly, right? It, the idea is that the audience knows that Mark is a man. And it's supposed to be about partially the way that I think that we see and treat women in filmmaking, because there is this uh, there is this moment, and I was going through this a couple of times where Mark is when they're having dinner, and Mark has to kind of force a laugh at Bartell's joke, right? If changed, where a woman was in that perspective, right, we would have a different treatment of her response to Bartell telling that joke. The way that uh, Mark is then asked to sing, which is oftentimes treated as like, you know, a, a feminine art singing. Uh, and his singing, he's, he's, he's the chanteuse. Yeah, he's a, but he's a chanteuse, right? Uh, he's actually a chanteur, but he's being treated as a chanteuse. And there is this idea that Mark in that moment, and the, the way that Mark throughout has this almost siren-like quality on the people that he sings at. I mean, look at the beginning of the movie. He's singing at this, like, nursery home for his, like, Christmas thing. And he's not good, obviously. <laughs> but he has the women around him there largely infatuated with him. And I think that the juxtaposition of those women and the woman that Mark becomes is supposed to be kind of, like, a striking change. We are supposed to see... Mark in this position where had this been a woman in that role, it would have been treated a lot differently because there is a way that we kind of blame women for their ability to do things and the way that they react. And so if in a different circumstance, I think that it's trying to say like, I think it's trying to force men who watch this movie to feel the same discomfort as a woman who would watch this movie because we blame we blame them for seducing men when they're not actually seducing men and they're not doing anything to be seductive mark is clearly not seductive throughout the film and that's coming from us watching him as men watching a man who is not really good but whose ability is is exacerbated by the fact that he is kind of this like strangely attractive figure to everyone in the film. I don't know, the, the part of what you just explained that makes the most sense to me is the beginning when he's at that nursing home and how he has like these pretty aggressive sexual advances uh, placed upon him by uh, a resident of the home, but also one of the nurses. And he seems like completely disinterested and like they, they really push. I mean, like they both pretty much back off but it's still like it, it proves your point of like you know they're they're making us uncomfortable about, about like him kind of being this sexual object right away well yeah and and if you take a look at like the way that they then react to themselves it, so for when she hands him the pictures of her naked with the money right that's unsolicited nudes first right. of all which is something that all women experience and have experienced since the beginning of photography and then also the way that the the first woman the older woman is like she's like a nun she's dressed kind of in a way that is extremely modest but but her position is a different one where she's kind of a masculine figure as well she's 
approaching him. She's trying to make forward. an advance on him. <laughs> she pull, she grabs his hand and pulls it to her crop, which is a huge thing. You know, that that is a dominant power play. And then she, she chides herself, right? When that is not returned, which I think is representing two different types of men. The men who feel shame and regret only in the aftermath of a failed advance and the woman who doesn't care about whether or not the advance or the air quotes the the man who doesn't care whether or not the advance is reciprocated because he's going to send unsolicited nudes of himself anyway along with the money which there's this like detached quality to that right of like well you know you're the one who opened the envelope that had the naked pictures of me in it right it's like Mm -hmm. well it's not you know i don't know there there is this like well it's out of my hands at this point it's not like i like stripped down naked in front of you so i i get those uh i agree with those um i also got the impression that the resident mrs long langoff they they call her mrs langoff so she is either married or was married and you know husband passed i kind of got the impression that she was married because like that she's the one that mark is singing to in the crowd mm-hmm. and there's and they kind of make a point to have this older man who's sitting next to her in the shot and he looks very disapproving. So I, I kind of like interpret that as her husband, which adds another dimension of like the married man, you know, approaching the younger woman who's a performer and like, you know, in, in that in that way, um, which yeah, is it's also, Roxy Hart, which is. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a trope. Right. And mm-hmm. not just in fiction, <laughs> in reality as well. And I think that so I think that it is entirely biblical as well. I think that the what? way that Mark is, is perceived and is treated throughout the film is it's Mary Magdalene, right? Because most of the imagery that we get is tied in some ways to biblical imagery and the way that he is treated, which is uh, well, first of all, the big one is he's being crucified and yeah, you know, was the crucifixion. Was Mary crucified? No, Mary Magdalene was not crucified, but she was, you know, she was treated as a prostitute and she was not treated well until Jesus came along. Right? But I think that what kind of happens with the story of Mary Magdalene is it is always dropped that she was a she was a prostitute. She was from a brothel, right? She is an amoral character in the Bible that gets a redemption. And yet, even through her redemption, in the eyes of Jesus Christ, who people believe is the Son of God, she is still first considered a prostitute. Not a reformed prostitute, but a prostitute. And she's not anymore. After her meeting with Jesus, she stops being a prostitute. But in almost every biblical text, that's the first thing that is said about her, and that's the first thing that people talk about when they talk about her. They very infrequently talk about the way that she, in the eyes of the Lord, reforms through her respect of the Christ figure. And so I think that with this movie, it's treating Mark in this way because regardless of the image that he is able to portray, be that a masculine or a feminine image, his path is already set, right? He will never be able to escape that level of of oppression that is being placed upon him by the men in this. And then you get to the end of this film and you have Mark kneeling away from the camera and he's in he's genuflecting and he's looking down and and in saying like that Gloria always loved him it's this it's this atonement moment 
where it's like she's still having to ask for forgiveness from the men, even though she we see her as a and him, which as you know her. they're kind of one and the same at the <laughs> yeah. end. She's a victim, but in that moment, she is still being forced to basically atone. So throughout the movie, you you have this uh, portrayal, and I think that that's kind of what the movie is getting at. It, it is this is so this is the way that you know women are treated in this kind of hyper religious society, and how these figures are treated, how women figures are treated biblically this this type of oppression that the hair cutting which is a punishment for infidelity uh and so oh I didn't that know was that. that that was also yeah that was also i was biblical. wondering about that uh men would they would punish women that that they believed to be no longer virgins before marriage it's taking that idea and the brutality that w- is that is inflicted upon women almost passively in media. And I think that this is where the French new wave taboo comes into it is women are very often disposable in films where they are being treated like this hostile being one of those films that treat women as kind of disposable in this. And it's saying, look how much more you care now that there's a man as the figure. Look how, how much more uncomfortable this makes you with a with a man and someone that we recognize as being masculine in that same position. Again, I, I agree with that. I see your point. I, I think that, you know, now hearing this and like thinking about this, I think, you know, this this does go deeper than I I I care to admit. <laughs> um, but it's hard. Yeah, it, I mean... It's hard to get to that depth because it is that uncomfortable. This, just to me, like... Like, sexual abuse is uh, really hard, right? It's just a really hard topic. I think that it's easier for me, being who I am, to remove myself from something like inside because I have never been pregnant <laughs> or a pregnant woman, and I can somewhat remove myself from that. It's not to say that I don't have, have empathy or sympathy, uh, for the the characters in that movie, but uh, I feel like a line was crossed for me <laughs> in in watching this movie, and that's just personally speaking. Like you said that people care, you know, like an audience will care more because it's a man in the role. I I I don't necessarily think that's true. I think I don't think it's like necessarily a matter of caring. I think it's a matter of like being disturbed, and like yes, I think the point stands for that reason. But also part of what is disturbing about this is like the just the huge coating of delusion, too, is like the, these villagers are all seeing and acting very differently than like what reality would dictate for them. And so I guess like going with your interpretation here, like, do you do you think that they aren't delusional, that they're just treating it this way? It, it really is like Boris just accepting this calf instead of as his dog instead of his dog and like he's not actually he's not seeing a dog he's actually seeing a calf but like he's treating it like a dog well well that's because it's it's again it's making women indistinguishable from animals like the fact that they give the dog a female name and that they're constantly chasing after it and then they find another one and they were just like that's it Uh, it's replaced Right, because bo- the dog and the calf are are analogous to Mark and Gloria. Right. He is a replacement 
for her. And they are indistin- indistinguishable. It's just another animal. And right, and that's that's why we have uh, the moment at the very beginning with the villagers committing acts of bestiality, right? It's, it's this almost like rite of passage thing that they're treating it where all of the men are kind of like watching around as this happened and Mark is watching from the outside. The noises that are being made during that scene then are mimicking the actual break-in by the villagers, by the cavalry, which is also biblically coded, of course, um, by the noises that uh, Mark is making immediately before when he's like wailing. He's he's wailing in a way that is not a realistic wail, but it is an animalistic wail. And it's because it's kind of tying those two things together. Yeah, and and I want to go back to your point about the word care, which is you said that people only care now that there is a man in this position while as women are being treated as disposable. And I think that care is not necessarily the right word when I used it there. Instead, I want to say that people notice. People have been attuned largely in horror films, especially to kind of demystify the feminine figure in these horror movies and therefore it mitigates a lot of the brutality that is inflicted upon them and a lot of sexual violence that is inflicted upon them and I think that that's why with this film you have such a change in that attitude and I think that that's why uh, French New Wave cinema besides being extremely graphic and extremely in your face it's also very very personal Mm-hmm. Very few characters show up throughout <laughs> the film, and it makes sure that those characters, you feel every type of possible emotion. Like, Mr. Bartell, you know he's creepy, and you kind of feel bad for him at the beginning, right? And that kind of is a trap, so that you don't feel bad for him at the end of the movie, because you know, like, okay, this something's going on with this guy, he lost his wife, oh. And you were able to, like, call part of it. And I think that being able to call part of it it shows that you recognize that there is an engagement with a certain level uh of of horror tropes and horror is incomplete uh without the religious undertones and the treatment of women and so i don't want to say care but i want to say that having mark in this position makes him more noticeable and i think that it makes the dichotomy between how we react more palpable yeah i kind of think about like the I think about like the the significant horror villains. There are always a lot of like you know final girls, right? Yeah. But then, but there are a lot of films where you don't remember the final girl. And I know that we we know like Sidney Prescott, right? We we know who that is, but who's the final girl in like Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I don't. What's Cindy, her name? Cindy. So <laughs> it's not Cindy. It, <laughs> It makes it really, it makes it to the point where we, we, we've kind of treated her as disposable and not being able to remember her name because we're so fixated on the male characters in that. And I think that with that movie in particular, obviously we're, we're going, we're going wide (laughs) with, with a whole lot of other implications to that. And that one has a lot of commentary on masculinity and virility um, it's the same as with this movie, right? And with that one, they kind of negate the importance of her name. Whereas with Mark, they say Mark a lot at the beginning. And then when it switches to Gloria, it is it is really 
really beat into the audience that this is Gloria. The amount of times that they say Gloria throughout the second half of the film is so extreme. And I think that obviously if you're going with this severe visual imagery and this biblical imagery, the amount of times that you say Gloria is really relevant because you know, glory to God in the highest. Mm -hmm. How many times do they say it in, in the ordinary of the mass? And so uh, part, part of this is, I think, you know, it's, it's kind of spitting in the face of the, the disposability of women in, in horror. But I do also think that part of it is also making a commentary on the disposability of women in religion and how they get treated which I talk about a lot, and I've talked about Junji Ito talking about it a lot, especially the image of the Virgin Mary, which is by the Catholic Church, and I think that France is largely Catholic, dominated in its religious choices. She comes up so often, but she is never treated with the same regard or respect as any other person of her level or position. I mean, even think about the the canonization of saints, right? And uh, and so with, with this movie, I think that the, that's the point is, how would this movie be different if there was actually a woman in that role? If there was a woman playing Gloria? And again, I don't think that this is a good movie. I think that it is a well-made movie. I think that they are very thoughtful about it. I do not like it. I think that yeah. it is extremely hard to watch. It's. I mean, like, it's. I don't think anyone who is involved in making this film wanted anyone to defend it because <laughs> like it's not it's it's not like promoting any of the things that happen in it, right and for that you know we can forgive it it's just that it in in like you said at the beginning it's era this subgenre talks about and, and presents the taboo subjects and like you know sexual abuses and and especially done in this way is taboo for sure i still one would never watch this movie again <laughs> Uh, and to would not recommend it to, to really anyone unless someone's asking for like a French extremity film. I can say, hey, I watched this. Here are the ones that I've seen. <laughs> if, you, if you want, yeah, here are the ones I have seen. If you want to feel really uncomfortable, uh, I'll say that I enjoyed Inside way more than this. I think Inside was also just a better made movie. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's whatever. Uh, so I want to talk about one more thing before we go. <laughs> Do you really or? No. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of Watch No Evil. This is Matt. And this is Zach. And remember, when it comes to podcasts, listen 